The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Hello, Giants fans, and welcome to a new edition of the Valentine's Views Podcast here on Big Blue View Radio, part of your SB Nation family of podcasts. I'm your host, Ed Valentine of Big Blue View. This is your Tuesday, September 22nd show, as we uh, say goodbye to summer and hello to, to fall. And uh, also, sadly for the New York Giants, we are saying goodbye to Saquon Barkley for the 2020 season. Barkley, we know, will miss the rest of the 2020 season after suffering a torn ACL during Sunday's loss by the Giants to the Chicago Bears. Want to uh, focus our discussion today on the Barkley injury, on its both short and long-term effects. We'll also talk to uh, Mark Schofield about the impact on the Giants' offense of, of Barkley's loss on uh, the play of Daniel Jones thus far um, as well through two games. So uh, we'll we'll play that interview for you just a little bit later. But first, we do have to talk about Barkley. You just you have to feel awful for the young man. Obviously knew he was badly hurt as soon as he was hit on Sunday, as soon as he went down, you know, after a tackle by Eddie Jackson. Obviously, the tackle didn't cause the injury. You could pretty much tell he knew he was hurt before Jackson even hit him, but uh, you know that's that's the NFL, and you have to bring a guy down. And and you know Jackson did nothing wrong in that in that instance. It was just uh, you know it was it was really really unfortunate for the Giants, really unfortunate for Saquon Barkley. The short term impact is obviously you know what are the Giants going to do on offense? What is their offense going to look like? How much pressure is going to be added onto the shoulders of, of second-year quarterback Daniel Jones without his team's best playmaker? You know, Sunday was the first time since Jones became Giants quarterback that that all of the Giants' weapons, that Barkley, Golden Tate, Evan Ingram, Sterling Shepard, Darius Slayton, was the first time they had all played together in, in a game you know, since, uh, since Jones became quarterback and obviously it didn't last. It's really unfortunate because you're just 
Again, not going to get an opportunity to see this Giants offense whole, to see what it could do, you know, as it develops and, and as, uh, as the group, as a, as an entire group, you know, comes together, as they really learn this scheme, as the blocking hopefully gets better, as the offensive line develops. But, uh, you know, the Giants will now have to do the best that they can. They'll have to turn to Deion Lewis. They'll have to turn to Wayne Gallman. They may turn to Rod Smith off the practice squad. There's word that uh, that they're bringing in free agent Devontae Freeman, who has begun you know, COVID-19 testing and is supposed to work out for the Giants on Tuesday. We'll see if the Giants make a decision to sign him. There's also word that the Philadelphia Eagles are interested in Freeman. So we'll see if that turns into a bidding war and if the Giants are actually interested in getting into one for a veteran running back like Freeman, or if they'll just uh, try to make the best of what they have. So we'll see how, uh, you know, how that plays out for, for the Giants offense short term. And we'll talk to Mark Schofield in a few minutes about some of those, uh, some of those short term things that you want to see from the Giants offense going forward. You know, long term, there's also impacts. For the Giants, you know, which I wrote about uh, on Monday morning at Big Blue View, you know, check that story out at BigBlueView.com if you if you missed it. Um, you know, long term impacts are, of course, what kind of player will Barkley be when he comes back? You know, some people at Big Blue View, some commenters, some people on the internet, you know, you you go have gone off the deep end with the he'll never be the same player. His career as a great player is over, all of that kind of stuff, and and that's nonsense. I mean, look at at Adrian Peterson suffered a devastating knee injury. I think it was in 2011. Came back the next year and gained more than 2,000 yards rushing. Nick Chubb, who is now perhaps the best running back in the league, definitely you know one of the three or four best running backs in the league, had a devastating knee injury in college in 2015 has come back just fine and is having a terrific NFL career. So it can be done. It does happen. You know, those two guys are are great examples of players who have come back from terrible knee injuries to uh, to resume careers at, at high levels. Doesn't mean that Barkley will be able to do that. Will be definitely be worth, uh, be something that, that you'll have to watch to see what he is when he comes back to see if any of that explosiveness is missing to see what kind of player he is going forward but you know i still think that Saquon Barkley get once he gets healthy is going to have a long and productive quality NFL career and uh you know and and but we'll see we'll go from there we'll see what happens with that but but i'm not going to panic and say oh his career as a great player is over and uh you know, and he was a wasted draft pick and, and all of that stuff. That's just, uh, you know, that's sort of bridge jumping nonsense at this point. And, and, and I'm not going to go there. The other thing that, that has to play into, uh, into this with the Barkley injury, and I hate to get into all of this stuff, but, but we kind of have to is the, the financial ramifications. Barkley's in the third year of his four-year rookie deal, and it's sort of become the the standard for top-tier running backs, Christian McCaffrey, Alvin Kamara, Ezekiel Elliott, 
you know, those guys to, uh, to look to get paid after the third year of that four year rookie contract. Obviously, with, with this being the third season for Barkley, this injury makes it really trickly, really tricky. Will he and his agent want to go to the Giants after this year and look for a rich long-term deal? Look for that financial security. Will they go and say, look, you know, we want that money now because we've already seen what can happen, you know, to a great running back like Barkley. If they do that, will the Giants be willing to play that game? Will they be willing to pay him big money before they see him get back out on the field next season and see exactly what kind of player he still is? You know, if I'm the Giants, that's not something I really feel comfortable doing. I don't feel comfortable paying big money without seeing exactly what I'm getting, you know, for uh, for the money that I'm doling out. So, you know, hopefully this doesn't turn into into a problem, but it could be a deal where, you know, if I'm the Giants, I want Barkley to wait. I want to see what I get, what I'm getting. I want to see what kind of player he still is. I want to see if he's still, you know, the Saquon Barkley that we know before I commit, you know, big long-term dollars on a second contract to a running back. So we'll see how all of that plays out. You know, for now, we just hope that the surgery that Barkley's going to have goes well. We hope his his recovery and his rehab goes well. And we hope that he's 100% healthy and ready to go for your New York Giants when the 2021 season starts. Giants fans, let's do this right now. Let's take a short break for a word from our SB Nation sponsors. When we come back, I'll be talking to Mark Schofield about the impact on the Giants of Barkley's injury and about the play so far this season of second-year quarterback Daniel Jones. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, Giants fans, I'm joined now by Mark Schofield, quarterback guru and sometime contributor to uh, SB Nation, also a host of the, the Sco Show on, uh, on BGN Radio, I believe it is, or the bleeding green nation uh, podcast so mark how you doing thanks i'm for doing on. I'm, I'm doing well ed great to be with you sir hey so you know i brought you on quickly it's it's this is not a great day for uh for giants fans found out you know monday afternoon that what we saw sunday saquon barkley going down looked like a torn acl is a torn acl he'll be out for the season and, and obviously that changes everything for the New York Giants. I wrote a little bit about that at Big Blue View, short-term impacts, long-term impacts. But I brought you on to talk specifically about Barkley and how it changes the Giants offense. And the question the question is, can the Giants play functional good offense with what they have, you know, w- without Barkley? I mean, I think generally they can. 
what's going to be important for this offense going forward is they're going to need to be creative in terms of using personnel and personnel groupings and personnel packages. And they're going to have to, and they should have been doing this anyway, but this is going to need to continue. Do everything that they can to get Daniel Jones confidence in that first read. You know, and they can do that even without the threat of Saquon Barkley on the field by using some heavy personnel packages and using play action and attacking base defenses. I think that's going to be key for the New York Giants going forward. I know we're going to talk a bit about Jones, but there were times on Sunday when the Giants ran basically one or two receiver combinations with a lot of maximum protection schemes because they were in heavier personnel packages, whether it's 12 or 21 personnel, two tight ends, two running backs. And they sold the Bears on the threat of the run with Barkley on the field or not. And, you know, we often think about play action. Oh, you've got to establish the run to be effective at play action. And you have to have a great running back to be effective at play action, to put that fear in the minds of a defense. You really don't. You know, the numbers, the, the statistics bear it out. You can have a bad running game and still be effective on play action. What you really need to do is be able to put in the minds of the defenders that that run is coming. You can do that versus personnel. You can do that with personnel, excuse me. You can do that in the guys up front because linebackers are going to be reading the guards. They're going to be reading their interior pass run keys. And so it doesn't matter who the running back is. And so I think, yes, this is this is a bad day for Giants fans. Um, you never want to see somebody as talented as Saquon Bar- Barkley go down. But I think this can still be an effective offense without him, provided you do the things schematically to put that sort of fear in the minds of the defenders on the opposite side of the ball. You know, Mark, I have always been one of those people. And, you know, Giants fans, they go back and forth about whether the Giants should have drafted Saquon Barkley number two overall a couple of years ago. And, and and all of that, it, and that's not really what I want to get into. But but my my feeling has always been that you don't necessarily need a superstar running back to have a competent, successful running game. You need to have good blocking. You need to have good play calling. You need to have competent running backs. You know, you need to have those things. You know, more than and a little bit. And as you said, a little bit of creativity more than just, you know, a superstar to hand the ball to, because if you don't have those things, even the superstar can't run well. Um, so, I mean, do you you agree with me on that theory that you can have a successful running game without a top tier running back? Absolutely. And. You know, it, it gets a lot of stick. It gets a lot of grief on uh, the idea of, you know, the running backs don't matter mantra. But while that's the nice, like, bumper sticker phrase, you know, life is often more than bumper stickers. And the reason behind that sort of idea is that you can get an average NFL running back, but still have an effective running game because the running game is in many ways dependent on things outside of the running back himself, the blocking, the schemes, the play calls, the defense you're going up against, how creative the offensive coordinator or head coach is calling the plays is in terms of setting plays up. And people point to the Rams of a couple of years ago when Todd Gurley was getting an MVP candidacy. People were touting his MVP credentials. But what the Rams were doing was they were running against – 
light boxes out of 11 personnel. You know, and, and Sean McVay was doing such a great job at getting advantageous blocking angles. You know, and yes, would a, a better running back or, you know, a more average running back than, say, Todd Gurley at that time have gotten all of those yards? Perhaps not, but probably most of them. And so that's the sort of idea here. And, you know, tailing it back to the Giants a bit, you know, yes, there will be plays that Saquon Barkley would have made that his backups that are going to be pressed into action now wouldn't be able to make. You know, a, a Wayne Gallman might get seven yards or a run where Saquon Barkley might have gotten 15 or 20. But you can still be effective in the ground game if you have the blocking, the scheme, the design, the play calling, and all the other stuff that go into it. You know, and so we talked about using, say, 12 and 21 personnel to set up play action. Well, when you go with those lighter packages, 11 personnel, and you get those 425 or 316 defenses to operate against, that's when you want to run the ball. That's a way to sort of put your backup running back in position to be successful against lighter boxes. And so, yeah, I, I would largely agree with you there that you can have a successful running game without a elite running back. You know, the, the I think Giants fans look at the first two games, Giants 0-2, haven't scored a lot of points, haven't run the ball real well, and, and they get frustrated and, and, and they kind of push the panic button. And, and as we talked about, you know, the, the loss of, of Barkley is just, it's hard to swallow all of that. But for me, you know, some of this comes back to the fact that this is two games with a new offense, with a new head coach, with a lot of new pieces, you know, a team that didn't have any spring, no preseason. I think that when you start to consider the question of whether the Giants have all of those other things, you know, to, to make a running game, to make an offense successful, I think you have to do it through the prism of you're going to have to have patience to find out. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that's, you know, I, I've tried to caution Giants fans prior to the season starting that you're going to need patience this year um, because this year, yes, it's in part about the new head coach, a rookie head coach, but it's also year two of Daniel Jones. And people sort of want to say, well, what do we want to see from Daniel Jones? What are the expectations for Daniel Jones? What kind of production should he have? You want to see him better at the end of the year than he was at the start. And it's not going to look in a nice developmental line. And Jones did some nice things back in week one. He did some nice things yesterday, Sunday, against the Chicago Bears. But there are still some mistakes, some things that he needs to get better at. And those are the things that you want to watch over the next, you know, 14 games. Is he getting faster with his reads? Is the ball coming out on time? Is he decisive? When he's decisive and that first read is open, he can be a very good quarterback. If he's forced to think, Sometimes, and you and I had talked about this this morning, you can sometimes see him on film thinking and working through his reads. And when you're seeing that, that's when he struggles. And so Giants fans need to be patient and watch for those moments. Do those moments start to decrease over time? If we're still here at the end of December talking about he's still overthinking things, then you can be concerned. But don't overreact to just two games right now. It's just two games. He's a young quarterback. The goal this year is to get him to where you need him to be. Let him have the patience he needs to sort of figure this thing out. 
man, Mark, come on. You're, you're asking fans to <laughs> not overreact. Come on. I understand. I mean, look, but that's yeah. why I over at USA Today, I write an overreaction piece every, you know, t- Monday night, Tuesday morning. Because oh, you're, you're, you're not allowed to promote things you do elsewhere, we, Mark. I'm sorry. We overreact <laughs> to everything. Ed, and you know this. And, and so, look, I, I know. I, I know that the Giants fans are looking at Josh Allen right now. They're looking at, you know, Kyler Murray right now. They're looking at any other quarterback that they may have liked to have seen in this uniform, Lamar Jackson. And, and they're wondering when they get to see it. And this, you weren't drafting Daniel Jones to make a Super Bowl run this year. I mean, the roster needed to be sort of rebuilt around him and Saquon Barkley. It's a shame that Barkley's not going to be there for the ride this year. But – you just hope that your quarterback gets better as this season goes on. And I know we want to see him better right now. It's just going to take a little time. You know, Mark, there are two plays when we talk about Jones. There are two plays over the two games that that I think we need to talk about as plays that that sort of exemplify the things that, that, as you said, you want to see less and less of over time. In the Monday night game, obviously we're talking about the goal line play where he was intercepted when he was hit by Bud Dupree because he was trying to throw the ball away and he made that decision too late. And, and now on Sunday, there was a similar goal line play where you know, where he had nothing and he threw the ball away and the Giants lived to to play another down. And right away, I thought progress. He didn't try to do too much. He threw the ball up in the seats, you know, and and that's a good thing. And yet the play that that I came back to and I just wrote about this at, at Big Blue View Monday afternoon, the fumble. Because when you when you watch that game, you look at the tape, you don't need the all 22 to see this. He drops back. He clearly has Sterling Shepard cutting across the middle on his first read for an easy first down. Yet he pulls the ball down. Then he pulls the ball down a second time before Robert Quinn gets there and knocks it out. And I think that's the kind of indecisive play when there's an easy completion, easy first down there to be had that just makes you shake your head. Yeah, I think you're exactly right. And, and you know, on that play, they're running a little follow concept where you've got a pair of crossing routes. You've got Shepard first, and then you've got Golden Tate behind him. And it's one of those moments where I can almost, in a sense, understand the initial decision to pull the ball down, okay? Because what you're getting here is you're getting sort of a cover one robber look where – he sees pre-snap that it looks like cover two. Then a safety sort of cheats down into a robber. And he hesitates because he's worried about throwing Shepard into the direction of that robber who's coming down. See, the problem becomes the ball should have been out by the time he's worried about it. You know, so it is that indecisiveness. It's good that he read it, but the next step you want to see from a quarterback is, okay, you've read it, but now make the decision faster because if he gets the ball out quickly, Shepard's going to have time to make the catch, brace himself, do what he's paid to do, which is make those touch tough catches over the middle and get the first down. He reads it, which is great, you know, 
but he doesn't make the right decision quickly enough. Playing quarterback isn't a take-home exam. You know, it's not a situation where you get all the time you need to flip through the pages of the book and get to the right answer eventually. It's a timed examination. Time is of the essence. And so while it's great that Jones gets to the right decision and sort of not throwing that, if you're worried about that safety, if he gets to that decision faster, he'll have still made that throw and they'll have had a first down and more importantly, avoided the sack. And so, yes, these are the kinds of things you want to see him get faster at. These are the kinds of moments where you want to see the game, quote unquote, slow down for him. If he cuts down on decisions or non-decisions like this, that that will, that will be the progress that you want to see. All right, Mark. Hey, I think that's a, uh, that's a good spot for, for us to stop. Always appreciate you coming on. We'll be looking forward to, uh, to your full breakdown of, of Jones week two performance at big blue view. And, and later on in the week to your, uh, to your giants 49ers, uh, game plan, which is at, which is actually going to be even more interesting with, uh, with the absence of Saquon. So thank you much for spending some time with me. Always my friend. Great to be with you, buddy. All right. Take care. You too. Ed. Giants fans. That's our show for today. We thank you very, very much for listening. Please remember to subscribe to Big Blue View Radio on all of your favorite podcast applications. Check us out on Facebook. Check us out on Instagram. Check out our YouTube channel. And and please, you know, join the community at BigBlueView.com if you haven't done that already so that you can comment and discuss the, uh, the Giants with other Giants fans. All right, Giants fans, take care, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye.